from the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. You're listening to Kevin McCullough. Thank you for being here. It is Wellness Wednesday, and we've got a lot to get to. Dr. Mark Siegel is going to be with us uh, on this edition, and we look forward to uh, getting into some things, some things that he's going to comment on specifically. Uh, The CDC has revised its COVID uh, guidance, uh, saying the five-day standalone period is no longer necessary. We'll get into uh, some thoughts on that. Also, the WHO is predicting a new pandemic. What difference will that make? We'll get into all of this and more with Dr. Mark Siegel. Um, We've talked a lot uh, across the spectrum on all my shows, Uh, my daily news talk, the Radio Night Live, the weekend, that Kevin show. We've talked a lot on all those platforms about the issue of the border and immigration. And we focused on things like fentanyl and crime and uh, the, the polling that was out yesterday that showed that 73% of Democrats are saying now in polls that they're very dissatisfied with, the, um, with the, what's happened at the border. 89% of Republicans feel that way. 73% of Democrats feel that way. Uh, nationwide, 8 out of 10 people say the, the, the border is just a hot mess and we've got to do something about it. Um, we in New York feel that more acutely because we, we've lived with the consequence of this for as long as anybody has, and that's significant. But one of the areas that we don't often hear about and we haven't really touched on is what's going on by way of communicable disease with an open border. Um we i've heard reports that there are dozens not not one but dozens of diseases that have been more or less dormant or dead to americans uh, over the last number of years that aren't anymore and that's a significant problem um they're coming through the border they're coming through masses of people that are unchecked unvaccinated Uh, been exposed to a lot of different types of uh, disease and virus and bacteria on their way here, and they're bringing that with them. Uh, And just as an example, a school district out of Florida is recording its sixth case of measles and what officials there are calling an official outbreak. Uh, This is officials at the Manatee Bay Elementary School in Weston confirmed a new case of measles on Tuesday, just days after the Florida Department of Health said a third grade student at the school was the first to test positive for the infection on Friday. So you've got Friday, then Tuesday, more kids being diagnosed with this. Uh, John Sullivan, Chief Communications and Legislative Affairs Officer for the uh, Broward County Public Schools, said the new case brought the total number of confirmed cases in those schools to six. And he says, we expect to receive further guidance from the Florida Department of Health tomorrow and will continue to keep the school and its families updated with the latest. Well, I would hope they would. That's what you should do. He did not provide the grade, age, sex or race, ethnicity of the infected students. And this this is something bothers me as a as a as a dad. Uh, the schools that my kids have been part of, not often, but almost once a year, I guess. Uh, one of the schools will report a student that has lice or some other communicable disease that they haven't dealt with, and they won't they won't tell you anything about it. 
they'll say it was at this campus, but they won't say what grade, what class, anything. They're so they're so concerned about HIPAA and trying to make sure that nobody gets outed for bad health that they won't put at ease the massive number of parents that that need that. Um, it's kind of frustrating. Um, in Florida, the district is maintaining close coordination with the health department to address the measles outbreak. Over the weekend, the district took further preventative measures by conducting a deep cleaning of the school and replacing all of its air filters. Friday's first reported patient did not have a history of travel. It's not immediately clear how the infection got to the school uh, per the Department of Health. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, as of February 15th, there have been a total of 20 measles cases in 11 states. Arizona, California, New Jersey, New York, uh, just some of them. Measles has also made a resurgence across the Atlantic as UK health officials urged millions of patients in January to book their children for missed measles, mumps, and rubella shots after they witnessed a sharp increase in the number of cases. Over 200 confirmed measles cases in England right now, and most cases were in children under 10 years old. Now, this is significant on a couple of different levels because, again, this is a disease that we have not we've not faced in in a, in a while. It's it's been considered dead or at, at best dormant because we have the, the the vaccines that do a good job of keeping people from getting it. Actual vaccines, by the way, not not things like the mRNA shots that we were given during COVID that wouldn't protect that wouldn't prevent you from getting COVID. Those shots were designed by the best medical understanding that I have to limit symptoms in the event that you did get it. And even though Rachel Maddow and others told us night after night after night, you literally won't get uh, the virus if you get the shot. Th that's not true. Lots of people got the virus, got the, the COVID virus, even after having been given the shot. In fact, I think, and I'd have to check with Marty McCary about this, but I think that the best group of people in terms of response to the COVID virus were ones that, that got the virus and recovered the, the natural immunity. I still think that group of people fared better than anyone that got the shot, etc. But you understand the the frustration here. We're having trouble with a border that is porous from national security standpoint, from the use of fentanyl standpoint, from the crime in our city standpoint. You know the the dangerous gangs, the the fentanyl the unquestionably dangerous practice of just importing thousands and millions of military-aged men that we don't know where they are from or who they are or why they're here. That's unquestionably one of the most dangerous things. But now throw a curveball on top of all of that into the ongoing development of the resurgence of disease that we thought we didn't have to deal with anymore friends it's really important that somebody in government do something about the border mayor adams has been saying it republicans have been saying it democrats are now saying it three out of four it's time and i don't i don't really care if the president doesn't want to hear it everybody in the country believes that it's time and I don't want to lose kids to illnesses that we don't need to lose them to or to fentanyl um, deaths that we don't need to lose them to because of carelessness. It's just not it's not right. It's not fair. So anyway, um, it's Wellness Wednesday. Stay with us. Dr. Mark Siegel's coming up next.
Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. (laughs) So tune in. Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Every week I promise you that uh, Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan uh, uh, Law Firm will be here with us to answer one of your questions about estate care and elder law and all the things that pertain to the end-of-life planning Uh, And Mike, this week's question comes from Sandy from Staten Island. She says, is my stepdaughter treated the same as my own biological children regarding inheritance? Mike Connors, what does the law say? No, a stepchild technically is not related to you. To be a relation under New York State law, you either have to be married, obviously, or a descendant of your grandparents. If you're not one of those two things, a spouse or a descendant of your grandparents, you're not related in New York, so you can leave the stepchild if you want in your will. There's no problem with that, but if you don't have a will, that stepchild will receive nothing. Pretty simple uh, answer to the question, but you know, it's one, of the, it's one of those things, Mike, where I think people may not think about it, and they may not intend to leave someone out, and that's why it's always so good to get an assessment from your team to understand what's, what you really want to do depending on your, your desires. Yeah, and that's a matter of fact today. In today's world, you've got a lot of blended families where you have two children from a prior relationship from each side of the family, and people just assume, well, everything's going to go to the children equally, but who are the children? Are they stepchildren? Are they your natural children? So forth and so on. Yeah. Well, friends, I I hope that that's helpful. And Sandy, I hope that you get an answer uh, that you can use there. And if you need to do some additional work on your legal planning, why don't you call Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And uh, also send your questions because Mike loves answering them. Ask Mike Connors at gmail.com. Ask Mike Connors at gmail.com. Then be listening, not only with me, Kevin McCullough, but also Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on his own broadcast. He uh, answers questions there, AM 570, 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA, and Sunday morning starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Mike Gallagher doesn't see an end. 22 Republicans joined Democrats in sending billions more to Ukraine. That's right. 22 Republican senators evidently want to embark on what I think is a fool's errand. And that is the idea that there's any end game in sight for Russia and Ukraine. Because you know what? There's not. There is simply not. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 10 on AM 970. The answer. Our hosts tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970. The answer. Of all the boys, boys, boys. And now, boys, from boys, New York, boys, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. Of all the boys I've known. So glad you're with us on Wellness Wednesday. Kevin McCullough, always happy to have you with us. And I'm always thrilled to have my next guest. He is the. Uh, well, I just think of him as the as the uh, the the wise one in all of American uh, health conversations these days. I love uh, the insights of Dr. Mark Siegel, who joins us. Uh, he obviously has a private practice that is very thriving. You also see him on the Fox News Channel. He is one of the, if not the preeminent, um, Fox News medical all stars. And uh, Mark, it's good to have you back. Thanks for being here. Hey, last week, um, for like really no explained reason we all got this news alert that said that the cdc was changing its advisory on the five-day quarantine for people that test positive for covid now with everything that we've 
learned and then unlearned and then relearned and then unlearned again about COVID since it first hit in the you know fall of 2019. Um, this seems to me to be a little bit of a significant uh, thing. And I'm just curious, why did they do it? What's the rationale behind it? What's your response to it? How did you feel about them changing this piece of guidance? All right. So let's start with the idea that when people are sick, they should stay home. And that's something we've lost track of. You didn't need an advisory to know that when you were <laughs> sick. When you feel fatigued or feverish or you're coughing and sneezing, you want to stay home. And I bet that even before COVID, when people heard somebody coughing near them, they said, oh, no, I'm going to get it next. And, you know, when in the classroom, when a four-year-old is blowing their nose, they think that every everybody's going to get it next. So... I think that, uh, that 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 none of this is new. What was can I can COVID I can I confess something from- though to you, Doc? And it, this is this makes me look terrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm sitting in church two weeks ago, and we were a little bit late arriving. We had to sit in a place that wasn't optimal. We like there's a certain place in the room that we like to normally sit. We didn't get to sit there, and behind me the entire service, there was a guy. <laughs> And you could feel the warmth of the breath coming across my neck. And Doc, I'm just telling you, human nature in me, I'm not a germaphobe. My wife is, but I've become more one since being married to her for 20 years. But there was just a piece of me that was like, if I get sick from this, I'm going to be really upset with somebody. And that's terrible. I'm a terrible human being for admitting this, but that's what went through my head. Well, it did go through your head. And how about on a plane, which is a freaking tube? I mean, granted, the HEPA filters actually work and get out about 95% of viruses, but not while you're on the runway. And how many times have you sat on a plane and three seats behind you, you hear somebody hacking? So I think that everybody knew that uh, before any recommendations came out. The guidance came out, by the way, there's actually a rationale, because we found out that COVID spread while it was still asymptomatic. And we also found out that it could be all over the room. And, and we, we didn't have all of these things, treatments, vaccines, or even tests, rapid tests at the beginning. And so the, the question remains, and this is the heart of it, how long are you contagious for? The answer is, by the way, you're most contagious before you know you have it. And in the first few days after you get sick, that's why the CDC went from 10 days to five days. Because they felt if you left the house with a mask after five days, as long as you were feeling well, you weren't going to infect anyone. That's the key community-minded idea. But the other thing they're starting to do now, and this this will make it seem to you like there's method to the madness, because what actually motivated them, Kevin, was Oregon and California going to one day and saying it's the same as the flu now, one day, one day. Well, actually, it shouldn't be the same as the flu because it's more contagious than the flu is, by the way. If you're in a household and someone has COVID, you're more likely to get it than the flu. But they're trying to go copy what California and Oregon did. But the thing they did before this that's more important is that the last advisory, they started saying, talk to your doctor. And I had Mandy Cohn on the radio with me, the head of CDC, and she flat out said, doctors got to get back in the driver's seat. I like that. I belong there. I don't want people squinting at the fine print of some CDC advisory. I want them to hear it from medical professionals they trust. That's what used to be the case. CDC used to be out there to advise me, who then advised you. And that that went completely AWOL. No, I think that you're right. And I think I've said this to many doctors, including yourself, that have been on my show. But I feel like one of the downfalls of the COVID pandemic is that we came between individuals and their primary care physicians. And we closed doctor's offices while telling people to go to pharmacies and emergency rooms to get medicines and i always thought that primary care physicians should have been the 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 primary advisors to people in terms of what they needed by way of treatment because nobody knows my personal history besides me any better than my actual primary care physician who's been watching over me for the last 20 years well we have to add to that as long as we're remembering that the silliest thing about these recommendations is they came from people on high. I like to say, you know, the lockdowns didn't work 
for one thing, because people who were poor couldn't afford to have their kids home with them. Right. How could they afford a babysitter? They couldn't go to work. So everybody's together in the same apartment and everybody in that building is meeting on the elevator. So guess what it did? It spread COVID. So the lockdown strategies were not only taken from 1918, which was for a different virus flu, which I just told you doesn't spread as easily. Right, right, right. But they were, but they were, but they were thought of for the rich. And and, and I, here's my, my segue to what you just said. Not everyone has a doctor, Kevin. I mean, we can have a doctor, but not everyone has access to a doctor. But I still don't think that a doctor should be replaced by guidelines. Somehow there has to be a way to either have a conversation with a physician or a nurse practitioner or somebody that you have a relationship with who can help you look at the tea leaves. And I, don't, I think it's not a number, how many days. It's, got, it's an individual thing. I base my decision telling people when to go back to work on what they tell me how they feel. Well, and I'm sure there's some objective uh, data points that you can take, you know, blood pressure and whatever um, when you when you intake them. But at, at the end of the day, what they're giving you by way of feedback is what sh is probably the most intuitive data that you can have to make that recommendation. Of course, of course. Um, look, somebody that's immunocompromised, I want to stay home longer. Somebody that's 90 years old, I don't want them out there you know, walking down the street, someone that has emphysema or, or, you know, someone that's more likely to be spreading it. All of those things I, I take into account. Yeah. That's why there's no real number. I think that the thrust of this is that maybe we're moving in the direction more of living with COVID. I think that's the message, but it's not the same as the flu. And I never even knew the flu guidelines and I've written three books on flu. You know why <laughs> I didn't know them? Because I have, I have my own guidelines. <laughs> I think that is refreshing, Dr. Siegel, for someone as learned and as experienced as you to just admit, hey, I don't know everything. That is I think that's encouraging to people that are listening because they're like, OK, I'm not nuts. Um, I, I, it's OK to not know everything. It's OK to take your best uh, educated guess. We're, we're talking with Dr. Mark Siegel, who is one of my favorite people to have on Wellness Wednesday. And we we're going to cover a couple of other things yet. There is a there is a new pandemic that is being predicted by uh, people. And I want to know what Dr. Siegel thinks about that prediction and how to prepare for it, etc. But also a little bit later on, um, you know, vaccines are kind of interesting. And there's a big major story. I just opened the show with it in a monologue about uh, diseases coming back in America. I think it's partly due to some of the immigration issue that we've had. But um, what do we do by way of the issue of vaccines and how how to really apply them we'll get into all of this before we're done it's kevin mccullough it's wellness wednesday stay right here with srn news i'm keith peters reporting a study of older adults in china offers a closer look at the domino-like sequence of brain changes that lead to alzheimer's Scientists don't know exactly how Alzheimer's forms, but it quietly ravages the brain long before symptoms appear. Compared with people who remained healthy, researchers spotted differences in a sticky protein named amyloid 18 years before Alzheimer's patients were diagnosed. Other so-called biomarkers appeared every few years afterwards. A large Alabama hospital has paused in vitro fertilization treatments as health care providers weigh the impact of a state court ruling that froze embryos are the legal equivalent of children. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 48 points, the Nasdaq dropped 49, the S&P advanced 6. More details at srnnews.com. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I hope you'll join me on a cruise to Alaska over 4th of July. It will be an adventure of a lifetime. Book your cabin today. Call 855-565-5519 or online. Just go to PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. This is Dennis Prager, and now a truly exciting new benefit. My monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. For an hour each month, get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. I'll be answering your questions. I've never done this. 
Submit your questions for me at Pregatopia.com. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to Pregatopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Dr. Sebastian Gorka here, inviting you to join me and Mike Gallagher on the Patriots Alaska Cruise this 4th of July weekend. Reserve your cabin today. Call 855-565-5519 or book online at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hey, Joe Piscopo here. If you need a Cadillac, you got to see my good friend Bill Camastro at Gold Coast Cadillac, awarded Cadillac Dealer of the Year 27 times. Bill's team is the gold standard of customer service from start to finish. It's first class all the way. Speaking of service, are you part of the Gold Club yet? Bill takes care of you, your family, your friends with the Gold Coast Cadillac Gold Club. Sign up online at goldcoastcadillac.com for service benefits that you can share with friends and family, even if they didn't buy from Gold Coast. Gold Coast is getting even bigger and better with its brand new service facility expected to be completed by early 2024. Gold Coast Cadillac in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Bill took care of me and he's going to take care of you too. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date and I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. And welcome back. Wellness Wednesday. So glad to have you with us. Dr. Mark Siegel, the esteemed grand poobah of the Fox News Medical All-Star Team, uh, one, of the, one of the really smartest guys on media, period, uh, talking about the health issues of the day. And honored to have him with us. Um, Dr. Siegel, uh, the WHO and uh, other world leaders, I think this was even brought up in in some of the other recent global gatherings, have predicted this, I don't know, uh, X disease that could be coming around. Uh, there, there is concern that there's going to be more viruses, etc. Um, what, what is your, what is your take on how well prepared we are for whatever that quote next thing is? Well, first of all, you not, you need to know some history of this. Disease X is something that the WHO coined back in 2017, 18, and the, 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 the quote from their leader Tedros, the head of the WHO. Now, it's not a matter of if. But when makes me cringe because they hauled that out with Dr. Navarro in the bird flu days when I wrote my bird flu book, 2005 and six. And he followed that. So virus. you've it's seen this before. You've seen this whole game before. Yeah, we've seen this movie. He said it's going to kill 100 million people. But but we already had the pandemic of a century here, you know, a year ago. So it, it, it doesn't necessarily happen every week from nature. Here's the problem, though. And here's why. And by the way, I got to add the, the biggest hypocrisy of all. The WHO, who was holding hands with China, didn't warn us about this pandemic. Correct. So why should we believe them about the next one, either underplaying it or like they did before or overplaying it? They, they seem to be like a rusty gate when it comes to predictions. They're a political organization, at least at the top. But I think there is something to be learned from all this. And I'll take this away from it. Never mind disease X. One, we're underprepared. Because we, don't ha- we haven't yet figured out a vaccine that would work 
for emerging technology, emerging viruses. We did a pretty good job with this one for all the criticism it's taken. The technology was around since the 1980s when the vaccine came out. You know, it's been given to billions around the world, I think 14 billion. And the side effects as the huge study of 99 million people just showed are rare compared to the benefits. And the virus itself has many, many long-term side effects. So I think we need a platform going forward of some kind that we can pivot to quickly in an emerging virus. But I want to tell you the real headline here. I'm much more afraid of what's going on in the labs across the world than I am about what's going on in the forest. So let's talk about that for a second, because Dr. Fauci refused to admit that any gain of function that he had been part of contributed to COVID. The truth, though, is that they that the labs are ongoing with this type of experimentation. For, for my listeners that are less initiated, why do they claim to be doing this? And is the risk of what they're doing worth the benefit of whatever we learn to prepare to defend against it long term from mark siegel's position i don't think it ever is especially with that with artificial intelligence around now big in a big way that can use computer modeling to predict it i think that that there is there's some benefit to manipulating viruses for therapeutics or vaccines but not to the point where it can go human to human or ferret to ferret ferrets are human models that predicts spread. I think that that's really dangerous. And I don't care how biosecure the lab is you're talking about, because someone else is doing it in a lab that isn't as biosecure. And level four biosafety labs, by the way, you're supposed to be walking around in those mummy suits, Kevin, you know, the the uh, the, the hazmat suits with pappers, right. with, uh, with positive pressure, and everything's supposed to be contained. But even there, there are lab accidents, even there. And so even if... Even if Dr. Fauci were to convince me that we could get a handle on what is happening in the United States, which I do not believe, he openly acknowledges to me that we can't get a handle on what's happening overseas. So if we publish something online, someone else works on it in a place we have no control at all, like China. Well, and in fact, there's some degree of evidence that this is where COVID came from. And had we, I mean not been doing that research dr siegel to some degree you can make the argument we would have not had this pandemic yeah there was there's partnerships going on between university of north carolina researchers and xi jingli and and the wuhan institute of virology and there's some concern by dr redfield and others that this could have emerged as something they were using as a defense strategy to try to figure out what someone else would do because if COVID itself uh, was a bioweapon, which I don't think it is. It would be. It would be more. It, it would be more deadly. It spreads like wildfire. It looks like it, it could have been something they were working on to see what how to defend against somebody else's bioweapon. Well, how ironic is that? Look what happened. Yeah. I mean, uh, over a million dead in the United States alone. Yeah. One point no. one. I mean, it, you know, it's it's not what we should be doing or anyone should be doing. That's what the focus is to be on a moratorium. That's, that's what I am encouraged to hear you say. And I hope that more health leaders will follow that lead. Stay with us. Coming right back. Final minutes with Dr. Mark Siegel. Stay here. Hey everybody, Charlie Kirk here. What an unbelievable start to 2024. We had last month saving babies with preborn by providing ultrasounds. And we're doing again this year what we did last year. We're going to stand for life because remaining silent in the face of the most radically pro-death administration is not an option. As Sir Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And we're not going to do nothing. Your gift to preborn will give a girl the truth about what's happening in her body so that she can make the right choice. $280 can save 10 babies. $28 a month can save a baby a month all year long. And a $15,000 gift will provide a complete ultrasound machine that will save thousands of babies for years and years to come. And will also save moms from a lifetime of pain and regret. Call 833-850-2229. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at charliekirk.com. That is charliekirk.com and click on the preborn banner. Also save moms from a lifetime of pain and regret. I'm a donor to this organization. They're terrific. Go to charliekirk.com, click on the preborn banner. 
You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow 6-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two Two hand towels and two washcloths. Regular price is seventy nine ninety eight for a limited time. You can get this six pack towel set for only thirty nine ninety nine with promo code Joe P. That's a fifty percent savings. Go to mypillow.com. Call eight hundred six five one zero seven nine eight. Use the promo code Joe P to save fifty percent on the MyPillow six pack towel sets. Cats and Cosby, weeknights at 5 on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Call in to the Joe Piscopo Show and let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca or Tom. Your show is, in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show, you guys put together a team. I love your show. Everybody's beautiful. We're very fortunate to have a great American story, Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo, weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970, The Answer. Grubhub Holdings Incorporated seeks a senior data scientist in New York, New York to help the business gain insights from recommendations in search and discovery. Telecommuting is permitted within the MSA. The salary will be $171,500 to $214,500 per year. Apply at jobpostingtoday.com reference number 91764. Again, Grubhub Holdings Incorporated seeks a senior data scientist in New York, New York. Apply at jobpostingtoday.com reference number 91764. Want to listen to AM970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM970 The Answer in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The answer. Ooh, what a little moonlight can do. Back to Kevin McCullough, live from New York. Welcome back. It's Wellness Wednesday. Kevin McCullough, so glad to have you with us. And I just am so thrilled to be able to bring uh, Dr. Mark Siegel to you, who is... um, immense in his wisdom and practical in his approach. And I, I just love that combination. Uh, Doc, let me ask you about, you, you did a couple of entries on Twitter this last week or X, whatever it's called, about uh, vaccines. And I, I want to point out a couple of things. There was a headline that I opened the show with where you've got now in Florida, I think it's six cases out of one school of measles. You've got like 200 cases nationwide. Measles was something that were that was dead we didn't even deal with it um a a, a few years ago we have a few hundred cases of it now in this one school they're very concerned that that's going to turn into an epidemic kind of proportion of infection because so many cases uh, concentrated in such a small area but measles was one of those things where when we had a measles vaccine it really worked well when we were told that the MNRA and the uh, other uh, COVID vaccines were going to be the silver bullet, Rachel Maddow every night on MSNBC, get the vaccine and you won't get the, the virus. That turned out not to be true. Vaccines are tricky. They're complicated. They're sophisticated. There's more to them than just a, uh, a binary uh, answer about this. What is your approach to vaccines? How do you use them? How do you implement them? Um, what what do you think we need to learn in terms of best practice going forward? I wrote about this in the New York Post today on exactly this issue because of that study that I referred to already. So it confirms the rare side effects associated with the, the vaccines. And we knew about that. We knew about the myocarditis. Another study shows, though, that if you had the vaccines, it decreases your risk of myocarditis from COVID, which is much more common. And it, the same is true with neurological 
symptoms. You're much more likely to get them from the virus 600 times. That study showed 600 times more likely to get a neurological problem from COVID than from the vaccine. But the point is the vaccine does have side effects. And so you don't want to oversell something or mandate something that A, has side effects that you're that you're downplaying, or B, doesn't prevent spread. I mean, it prevents spread maybe to some extent in the first few weeks for some people, but not across the board. And in the middle of all of these mandates and pushing, you recall that outbreak in Provincetown a couple of years ago among vaccinated people. Right, so right. I think, I think of a vaccine that decreases severity and not doesn't prevent spread belongs in the doctor's office where it's still not by the way it's still not in the doctor's office where i can have that conversation i pull out a flu shot put it on the ledge i pull out an ammonia shot or a shingle shot and i say to the patient here's this vaccine do you want it you're eligible for it what are your thoughts and i have to tell you something i've told you before in the heart of the pandemic i had on my radio show heidi larson from the uk who's the head of the vaccine confidence project for the who and I felt sure she was going to use the liberal words, uh, keywords, misinformation, disinformation. But she, as when I brought up that word, she says, I'm against that word. And I said, why? She said, because the way to have a vaccine conversation is to ask the person on the other side, the patient, what their concerns are, what their fears are about the vaccine, what their fears are about the virus you're trying to use the vaccine against. What are your fears? What are your concerns? Not bullying people, not Facing everything on dogma, not censoring people that have other opinions. So that's what was wrong during the pandemic. I will say, though, on the other side, too many anti-vaxxers padded their arguments with things that just aren't true. They were looking for things to exaggerate. You know, the old anecdote, my mother, my brother had this happen. Well, that's true, by the way. Those side effects happened. But, you know, we it, that's why what, where we needed to be is in the doctor's office. Kevin, when somebody says to me, I had the first shot, but I felt awful afterwards. I'm not as inclined to say get the second shot. It depends. Depends on what the patient tells me. Well, and I think that that is one of the things that going into the uh, vaccine kind of period of the COVID era, um, people didn't know and they were told different things. I mean, there was a distinct political bent to the people that were pro-vaccine that pushed it to more they they promised more than it could deliver so i mentioned rachel maddow she was one of them it's documented there's hours and hours of her saying this but she was she literally said get the vaccine it will end COVID." the 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 makers of the vaccine never promised that what we were told from the beginning is it would help limit symptoms and kind of minimize impact if you were to get it and to be positive um but it was not going to be a zero some pollution um, a solution for the for the end of the vaccine but that's how it was sold and going back to my original statement if you don't have primary care physicians in the food chain where they're able to take the data and the and the stuff that the the quote smart people are telling us kind of condense it down understand and then put it to the to the patient in a way that they comprehend and are able to interact on the on the level that you were just describing asking questions and kind of finding out more then you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to have honest conversations about something like that yeah i think that that that, that that's the key uh, but again i want to introduce i think you said it best by the way but i want to introduce the idea that you know let's take veers for example a vaccine of adverse events registry veers right that was developed after the swine flu fiasco when 800 to 1,000 cases of ascending paralysis Guillain-Barre syndrome occurred uh, directly related or linked to a vaccine that was given for, for out of fear because of a bug that didn't even exist. Hmm. And that was correct. And that became a place to self-report. And from that self-report, CDC analyzes that data and figures out what's called a signal where it's related to it. If you stub your toe and you end up on there, it's probably not the vaccine, right? But it, but if you end up paralyzed, it probably is. Right. And so I think that the, I think that the anti-vaxxers were completely unfair about this. They made it seem like CDC was hiding this data when in fact they weren't. The, the amount of side effects with the vaccine were then analyzed by scientists, not by CDC political leaders, by the way, by scientists to look for a link. 
And there for sure are side effects. I just told you a study about 99 million people. But we don't need either the government suppressing this or the anti-vaxxer saber-rattling about the vaccine. We don't need either. No, that's true. And I think that more information is always the solution. Uh, limiting information, preventing information from getting out is usually the cause, but the solution is Completely put, agree. put all the data out there and let people decide for themselves. Dr. Siegel, the time goes too fast. Thank you for your uh, time tonight. We're so grateful. Great to have you. Great to be on with you. You got it. Kevin really McCullough coming right back thanks, from Kevin. New York. Don't go away. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating over a million Americans right now, me included. Yes, I had a low back pain issue that plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor, and two weeks later, I was pain-free, and I'm still pain-free more than four and a half years later. That should be you. That could be you. Find out today. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me and over a million of your fellow Americans. Call right now, 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-4-RELIEF, or just go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. You owe it to yourself to find out. Go today, relieffactor.com. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news, and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Are you ready for an adventure of a lifetime? Journey with me, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and my friend and colleague Mike Gallagher on the Patriots Alaska Cruise this summer. An incredible opportunity to engage with other like-minded patriots on an epic seven-day cruise over Fourth of July weekend. Witness the untouched wilderness of Alaska over pristine water, all while celebrating America's past and future. June 29th to July 6th. Call 855-565-5519 or go to Patriots Alaska Cruise. Wake up with Joe Piscopo at 6. Ride home with John Katsimatis at 5 on AM 970. The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970. The Answer. Once more from New York, Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you being with us on this Wellness Wednesday. Um, as we draw to a close, uh, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, got into an argument with a reporter on Saturday about a poll that found a vast majority of Americans believe President Biden is too old to serve as president. Uh, the ABC Ipsos poll on the 11th of February showed that 86% Basically, nine out of 10 Americans now think Joe Biden is too old to serve a second term. And Tim Sebastian asked Pelosi at the Munich Security Conference, are statistics like that causing major alarm bells to ring for the Democratic Party? 
Well, what percentage think that Trump is too old? Pelosi responded to Sebastian when pressed on Biden's age. Joe Biden has wisdom, knowledge, judgment, a beautiful vision for America, knowledge of the issues. He's been there so long, said Pelosi. I do think it's interesting that people are approaching this topic as though it's an it's a number that there's a specific number in which someone is too old remember uh nikki haley got criticized by the the girls on the view for being quote past her prime nikki haley's in her in her early to mid 50s she's very young in the political arena i mean she's certainly a generation and a half younger than uh nancy pelosi still but yeah, she got she got hammered for being in her in her mid fifties, and the girls on the View thought that was funny and said that she was past her prime. Since that time, Nikki Haley has made a big deal about the ages of the two candidates from the two parties, just simply say, stating that the ages themselves prove the men unworthy of being able to be allowed to serve. And now Nancy Pelosi says, "Well." You know what percentage of the people said that Trump's too old. I want to. I, I want to say something on this wellness day. Competency, mental acuity, capability, and capacity may or may not be a result of age, but those four arenas should all be something that we are judged on for our ability in each of them. So if you have a 15 year old who doesn't have the capacity to be president, he shouldn't grow up to want to be president. And if you have a 90 year old who is still firing on all cylinders and is as sharp as ever, then he should, he should be allowed to serve as he wishes. It, it's not the number. It's the capacity. It's the capability. It's the bandwidth. It's the quality of the work that matters. And I think that what the poll really means is that 86% of the American people feel like the quality of work that Joe Biden's putting in is not measuring up to what is needed in the office of president. But you're not going to get other people to break this down with that kind of nuance. But I will. <laughs> I'll throw it in there and say, yeah, this is how we should think about it. Because just a number, just a random number, don't mean anything. I'm Kevin McCullough. Thanks for being with us.